Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Than Macros Radio. I'm your host, Coach B. Let's talk about how I can help you figure your shit out when it comes to all the BS and the trends in the nutrition and fitness industry. I am a nutrition coach that understands the hurdles that women face every day, as I too am a wife and a mother, which is why a sustainable lifestyle can't just consist of tracking your macros. Join me each week as I, or sometimes we, talk about everything from health, wellness, nutrition, mindset, body, and fitness. The goal of this podcast is to have you think more about your habits and behaviors, your relationship with food, and for you to get really curious about where you are right now and where you want to be. If you've been struggling with your health and wellness and achieving your goals, you cannot afford to miss out on this podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to More Than Macros Radio. I'm your host, Coach B, and I have an amazing guest, Miss Allie. You know, you're my registered dietitian, go-to guru, um, go into your DMs and vent about bullshit in this industry. And we were just <laughs> off, just off um, recording, talking about some of the shit. So we're going to, we're going to dive right in. But before we do, I want you to reintroduce yourself because maybe somebody didn't listen to our past episode, but she has been on the podcast before. I love her because she's gone through some shit in her life. She's also been, she's an RD, which I think is nice because I am not... And you've, you've done your, your, your time in the industry as well. And you are, um, when we talk, it just, everything you say makes sense to me. And so like, I just wish people would understand this as well. So go ahead, introduce yourself. Yeah. And I can't even remember how long it's been since I was on your last, on the podcast recently and like what's changed, but yeah, I'm a registered dietitian. I, uh, coach fat loss. I've been doing that for the last seven years and I uh, have, I've got two young kids, so I'm, that's where I'm like, when would, when was I on last? <laughs> My youngest yeah. almost oh, a year ago. So. But it's crazy because we were post, uh, we talked post uh, pregnancy because I think you right. were on your journey, um, kind of like starting a fat loss journey, but kind yes. of like just the beginning phases of that. Which again, like you and I can even talk about that today too, but. Um, everybody's like, oh, you shouldn't diet after, you know, having a baby. Like yeah. that's so taboo. It's very, <laughs> it's like- I haven't talked about it that much for that reason. Like I don't, and I've said this before, like I don't really want to add extra noise or be contributing to like quote bounce back culture necessarily. Uh, so it is, it is a tricky uh, thing to almost like tiptoe around, but also I it's been a very, very positive experience for me in a lot of different ways. And I have many insights on it for sure. So, well, but here's the thing though. And like, and just to be clear to the audience, like this is a real casual conversation because yeah. that's just who Ali and I are. Like we can have this conversation, but my thing is, is that why do we even have to give it a, uh, like, why do you even have to explain that you were postpartum? Like, why couldn't you just be Ali wanting to do a fat loss journey? Why did it have to have some kind of like, she had a baby. She's trying to lose weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I mean, there's a side of it. And I think, you know, this is how we like see these pendulum swings all the time in the industry where uh, there's the bounce back culture. As soon as you have a baby, you've got to start losing that weight right away, you know, and then there's the pendulum swing the opposite direction of how dare you put this pressure on women to make their their bodies look perfect after they've gone through so many different changes. So... Yeah. It's like I, I see both camps, but for me, you know, it was something that, like, 
it was something I wanted to do. I didn't do it with my first. I took a totally different approach with my first and that was right for me that time. And then this time I decided I feel good and this is what I want to do. And so, uh, I moved forward with it and it just, it was, but this is an example of different phases. You can't compare Mm -hmm. Right. Because the journey is going to be different. Like if I think back to even my, like when I got pregnant with Maddie, I was like getting ready. I wanted to compete. Mm -hmm. So could you imagine like what my thoughts were, you know, behind being pregnant and my ever changing body and then wanting to just dive right into fat loss right after. But I didn't do that either. Like I didn't. Whereas with Brooke five years apart, I mean, I had a gym in my house at that point. I knew I had two kids. Um, we were trying to move. We were building a new house. I just wanted to be active. I wanted to get back into the industry. And it made sense to me then, right? But also, yeah. too, I wasn't working full time. And there were different things going on with my life that just made sense for that phase. Yeah, it's so interesting because I just, oh my goodness, I have so many thoughts about this. But one of the most eye-opening things throughout these last 10 months, it's like I've had so many many realizations in my personal life, in my business, where it's like whatever higher power or the universe or whatever is trying to like drill this message into me of like, Allie, you know what you need better than anybody else, better than anybody on Instagram, better than, I don't know, Joe down the street. Like, I don't know. You know what you need because you know yourself and you know what your goals are. Right. And so like really leaning into that and trusting that and recognizing, Hey, this is something I want. It feels good to me. It doesn't feel like it's coming from a negative place, a place of desperation, anything like that. And I am going to move toward that for this, for that reason. I don't feel bad about it. And, you know, I get where as professionals, sometimes we may feel this need to almost protect people, which I think it does. It comes from a good place. You know, you don't want people to feel like this pressure to lose weight simply because, you're going to be more accepted by society or more valuable because you're leaner or whatever it is. Um, but there were so many different reasons why I wanted to lose weight. Uh, in addition to, I like the way my body looks and the way I feel when I'm a little bit leaner. And I also don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. Right. Like, Oh, I thank you for saying that. But also too, you said so many valid points there of like, I mean, you you and I both know, like if you're trying to change your body composition, regardless of what it is, like you can be wanting to gain muscle mass too. Like, cause I've seen it even the bodybuilding world where women just take it to a a direction of obsession and just leaning into the dark side of everything that, I mean, if it's not coming from a negative place and it's really coming from a place of productivity and wellness and just like, this is going to, I know my deep feelings as to why this matters to me. I think that's, that's fantastic. Right. If it's surface level stuff, sure. I mean, it's not always the best and sometimes it's unhealthy, but I do do recognize too, like I've had clients that are postpartum that just absolutely feel like they have to do it. And when they realize that they don't have to do anything, mm-hmm. that they can simply just be, mm-hmm. that that's where the, the actual change starts to occur anyways. They naturally start falling into these other habits and behaviors where they're not feeling so so much pressure to change or not change. You know what I mean? So I just love what you said because I think it's, that's a really good, those are good points. Like you just, it's almost like this was the thing to do. Yeah. Without a doubt. Right. You you bring up a good point too, just about, you know, autonomy and client choice. And I, um, 
I had this conversation. I actually had this conversation with my coach, Sarah. Um, but it's so interesting because as a coach myself, this autonomy is something big that like I really try and instill in clients. Like this is your choice. You don't have to do this if you don't want to. Right. Uh, but sometimes clients inflicted on themselves a little bit too. Mm -hmm. So even though I might be saying like, Hey, where are we at here? Um, why might you want to do this or why might you not want to do this thing? Right. Um, they might feel pressure to say, well, I have to, I just, I have to lose this weight. Right. So I'm curious, like, what do you do for your clients or what does that conversation look like when they're doing that? And you can see, you know, outsider looking in like, well, well, do you though? Right. Like you're going to go to jail if you don't lose the weight. Well, I can think of one client in, particular right now where she came to me and she's like, I have to lose this amount of weight because, um, it was just something that she firmly believed that it's the only way she, she gave herself reasons. Like I'm going to, I know I'm going to feel better about myself. And, um, a lot of it became external factors of like, people won't judge me anymore. I'm so tired of feeling this way. Like there are all these things and I'm like, okay, so I hear you when you say this, however, there's got, what else is there? There's got to be something else, right? But it turns mm -hmm. out for her, there was a lot of traumatic stuff that was going on with her life. So she had a lot of assumptions that this great weight loss was going to somehow change that. Mm -hmm. But that's not true, right? Because once you go through the, like you just go through the dialogue mm -hmm. and you understand the narratives that they've been telling themselves for so long, these limiting beliefs and stuff like that, where they start to kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. And so like, for me, it was like, what evidence do you have that you are going to be happier? And right. she would go back to the whole, like, well, I've been smaller before and I felt better, but I'm like, but what was different? Right. Mm -hmm. So just, we, it was, a, it's a lot of dialogue and I can't pinpoint anything specific, right? Because mm -hmm. it's going to depend because I think it depends on where that's coming from. But yeah. for her, it was a large amount, number one. And number two, it was coming from a place of external validations only. Because even though she said, I would like myself smaller, she was looking at other humans that were substantially smaller, mm -hmm. like never going to fit that mold. And I had to kind of give her some hints. I never told her. I'm like, how would that, how would that body makes sense to you. Like, how does that person, you know, get to that point? So if that's what they would do, how would you do that? And then she started to realize I, I can't actually do that though, because mm -hmm. I'm not her. And so like for her to realize that that's what it was, was a lot of like the, it's like the, the mental gymnastics of like, I want this so bad. And they assume they don't believe it yet. They mm -hmm. assume they can do it. But once they start doing this, the, the, um, the, the digging the deep, mm -hmm. I guess you could call it like starting to question and get curious about some of the thoughts that they have. She was, she was realizing that, okay, well that's not true, but I could. And then it came to a point and I, and I kid you not it, I, this particular client, it took a whole entire year mm -hmm. for her to yeah, be like, common too. it's like you yeah. say, that and it's like, I can, I can list all the clients I've had that it's taken a year for them to get to an that. Entire, point. Yeah. An entire yeah. year. And then this January, and it wasn't the fresh start factor. It was the, I'm tired of my bullshit, mm -hmm. you know, and that I've, I've listened and, and heard you coach B, but I'm going to now make this decision for myself. Yeah. And it no longer became, I had to lose a whole bunch of, of weight. It became a, 
you know, the smaller steps and the smaller realizations, but also accepting that she's not going to look like that human. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need to look like that human that she in fact just wants to make, you know, small, subtle changes as she goes. So she started to take, take the reins and mm-hmm. apply and make the decisions. So a couple of those decisions were like, she absolutely did want to track mm-hmm. for, for a very long time. I'm like, do you want, what would you like to do? And she was kind of like, she didn't know. Right. Yeah. But then once you have the conversations enough and you kind of like give the pros and the cons, she decided, and guess what? That decision, that autonomy is yeah. what's led her to adherence. We are now six months in 35 pounds down awesome. without doing anything other than her just paying attention to what she's eating. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like you sometimes, I want to say it's like you flip a switch, but it's not right. There was so many things that were happening that led to eventually that like switch being flipped on. Right. Or more like a dial turn. Right. And so like you guys have been, we're turning up that dial for a year until finally you finally got that click. Right. And so I, I think it's so interesting. People often think, and and maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but based on the conversations I've had, I don't think so. You know, even with, you know, the people that are really close to me, the, the formula for fat loss seems so simple, which I suppose it's simple, but it's definitely not an easy process. And I mean, can you imagine if we sat down with somebody who's like, Hey, I want to be, I want to lose 35 pounds. Um, give me, what will that take me? Like six months. Right. And you, you, we sit down with them. We're like, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe we could do it in six months, but we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Right. Um, and it's because we know that sometimes people come to us at a place in their journey where they've done a lot of that dial turning up themselves, right? They've done a lot of introspection and figured out where they need to be, but sometimes they haven't. And so then we get to do that work together to help them uncover what's important to them, why it is they want to do these things, what types of barriers exist, how do we overcome those barriers, all those types of things. Uh, And that's hard work. It is not the work of just tracking your calories and hitting a protein target, which that that's, that's challenging in and of itself, but that mental work is a lot. It's, it's a lot emotionally and People really underestimate that. And there's a lot of people that, I mean, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to look at yourself at, with that, that kind of critical eye, not being self-critical, but, you know, like becoming aware of your thoughts and your habits and really digging into what's happening beneath the surface. Like that's hard. It's, it's huge. And so when, even when I say like adherence, mm-hmm. it was the habits, the behaviors, but it was the mental work that she had to do, mm-hmm. you know, like she had to. Um, she had to block out things like social influence, yeah. her friends telling her that it's, it's okay. Like you don't need to like all this sabotage that comes in and, you know, and I'm going to go into like, cause I gave this a title. It's like, she was doing what she thought she had to do because people that just think this way, like they have to do that in order to be successful. Yeah. And so she was like, okay, they're saying that I don't need to do this, that I should just go back to this. And, and so she was going through some you know, huge influences on the, on the outside of things. And I'm just the coach. Mm-hmm. And imagine you and I both experience this. We are just tiny little fish in this big ass sea of bullshit of nutrition, coaching and fitness, uh, fitness coaching. So like 
I had to hope that she was going to be able to block out all of that around her mm-hmm. to dial into the, you know, to my conversation with her, but be open to it mm-hmm. and then question what she was hearing. Yeah. And then trying to make that application because you can, I mean, I can give perfect macro numbers, but if you don't understand why you behave the way you do, the habits that you have, recognize that maybe your social environment is killing, killing this process, mm-hmm. then your adherence is not going to, it's not going to happen. Right. Right. And so like, then that success doesn't occur. Like, so when we talk, like when somebody says like, Oh, can I lose 30 pounds in, in six months? Sure. However, yeah. it depends. <laughs> it depends on where you are right now, what your relationship with food is, your body, you know, like everything. Right. Yeah. yeah it It's, yeah, there's so many things. It's so impossible to just say it's like, well, theoretically, yeah. I mean, that's like a reasonable rate of weight loss. Uh, it could be at least depending on who you are and all these things. Uh, but there might be other work that we're not seeing, you know, written out on paper that also needs to be done. And until we do that work, then you probably are going to spin your wheels a little bit with fat loss too. You're or spin your wheels because, yeah. Yeah, or you'll make progress and you'll be in a horrible place mentally. <laughs> so Okay, so let's get back to actually, you know, because I we started with this conversation, but you and I were in like I actually slid into your DMs because you had yeah. a story and you were like if it, I, like, I don't know how much of this video I'm going to, you know, have on my, my Instagram or whatever, but I'm like, you're kind of like this whole, like, why, why? And I know what you, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, girl, you, you live and breathe my life. So the, the question of like, why, why don't people hear us? Why are people doing, like, people think what, that they have to do that, Mm-hmm. And we, th- that is so broad. So we can, we can talk about the certain thoughts, but like, why do like, we're, we're venting because we're just frustrated with why don't people hear what we're trying to explain and educate and teach yeah. and hope that you apply. Like, why are we being almost like not heard? And yet the bullshit gets through <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? So I'm frustrated too. Yeah. I, and, and let me be clear. I am not necessarily frustrated at consumers in general, because how could I expect people to have the same level of knowledge and understanding that I have? I mean, I, I got a whole freaking degree and went through an internship, right. And you know, decades yeah. of experience, not decades, but we're getting there. Okay. <laughs> we're getting there of experience in yeah. doing this. However, I am very frustrated at the industry with people yeah. who should know better, who should know better. And it is a very predatory industry that we work in, um, that it preys on people's insecurities, uh, their fears, and it uses it against people, um, to take advantage of them, to take their money. I mean, the supplement industry is, has almost no regulations. People, supplements can claim almost anything they want on labels. Um, so at least in the U S that's how it is. So the supplement, kind of Canada is, too. Yeah, yeah, horribly regulated. Um, and then the fitness industry too, there's all sorts of myths that exist and it's frustrating because again, these are people that should know better. A lot of these people that, you know, maybe have big businesses or maybe they're companies led by random CEOs, but they're being consulted by people that 
should know better because they've been in the industry for a long time. But somewhere, you know, they got stuck in the science of 1995 or whatever it is where carbs make us fat. You shouldn't eat any of them. Fat also makes us fat, so you shouldn't eat any of that. Or we shouldn't eat, we shouldn't eat fruits because that's going to make us fat, question mark. Uh, like anything, right? You know, we're scared of all of these different things. And I just, there's, there's a theme across the board with so many people that I talk to that are at a loss of what to do when it comes to fat loss. They, they want it. There's no, there's no lack of desire. There's also not necessarily even like a lack of effort. A lot of times it's like, no, I've tried these things. Um, it's not laziness. It's not any of that. There's a lot of confusion because They've tried things, they've tried the keto, the intermittent fasting, cutting carbs, like all of these things, and it hasn't worked because they haven't gotten good, valuable information anywhere. And we, I mean, there's been studies that have shown misinformation spreads, you know, tenfold over accurate information on the internet. So, I mean, simply... I think there's, that's the world we live in and that's the way human nature is. You know, we want results that are quick and simple and we like that fix. But at the same time, it, you know, I don't think it's any surprise to anybody listening to this to know like that's not how it works in the real world. You know, it's what we see because we don't get, we can't see the journey, right? Like I've been I've been losing weight for the last almost 11 months now. And I'm, I've lost 35 pounds in almost 11 months. To me, that feels fast. And if I were to post a before and after picture on Instagram or whatever, people would be like, oh my gosh, look at what she did. She lost all her baby weight, you know? Um, But they didn't, they didn't see all the times I didn't hit my protein, all the days I didn't hit my steps, all, all the times I got sick all along the way, so many times, the weeks I didn't lose weight, they didn't see any of that. And that, and yeah. that's an average of less than a pound a week, right? Like, so. Well, your journey wouldn't be fast enough for anybody. Like, let's be honest. Right. It's never right. fast enough. It's, we, yeah. we are always going to want more, right? Unless we are willing to kind of, I don't know, like lean into that discomfort a little bit and lean into the process too, you know, like I'm doing this not necessarily to get to a magical number. I have an idea range of typically where I like to sit. And so I'm like, Hey, we're, we're almost there. You know, I'm feeling pretty good at this point. Um, but also I got back to getting into a habit of eating a way that I wasn't eating for the course of most of my pregnancy for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, I went through a move and pregnancy is really hard on me too. But anyway, like I changed my eating style. I, um, got back to working out because I can't, I, my working out is really limited when I'm pregnant as well. And it's like, I'm not doing this to be done. I'm doing this because like, this is how I'm going to live my life, you know? And so the results will come along the way. And when you know, we'll be, we'll celebrate all those results as we experience them. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I just feel like, I just feel like I, when I read your, your story, when I listened to your story and then like, I was just thinking about my own situations of like frustration. I'm, I too, just to be clear, when we're, when, when we both say we're frustrated, it's, it's the industry in general, it's the, yeah. 
it's the people that should know better. Mm-hmm. And what I will put into that category are even me, and I'm, I have no shame in, in admitting this, I have former clients mm-hmm. that should know better. Right. And what I mean by that is that they're MLM coaches mm-hmm. <laughs> or they're selling supplements, part of an MLM company, and repeating the bullshit that those said companies have marketed because it is just marketing. And I have been on the other side of supplements. I know we used to actually make supplements for multi-level marketing companies back when I was like 21 years old. And I mean, I was just on a podcast recording with Dr. Gabrielle Fundero and I was just explaining to her that thing. Like there are no regulations there and no one gives a shit. It's all about marketing. So you can say whatever you want and people are going to believe it if it sounds like things are going to happen right now. Right. So like for me, I get frustrated because it's predatorial. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's absolutely sad. It's, um, it breaks my heart to see Super people sad. who are so vulnerable, who just want to fucking make some changes. They just don't know what to do or how to do it because they just, they want the support, but they're afraid to ask. So, so they, they go for the easy, the, oh my gosh, you just guaranteed me. That's going to, you know, it hit all their pain points. They're going to, they're going to do that. And that's what it makes me, I don't want to be like, I don't want to feel sorry for anybody, but I'm just like, God damn it. Like these industries, this industry needs more regulation and or something. Right. And so like, I get frustrated when I just hear all of that and it makes me sad. And what really makes me sad is that those clients will come to me and they'll be so desperate and that desperation doesn't allow for the patients. So even if we work together for the first three months, they're still like frustrated and angry and sad and not seeing results because they're so focused on, I just want the result and they're still not hearing. Mm-hmm. And then it's six months later and they're still frustrated. And then finally things start to click, but it should, should it take that long? I don't know, Allie, but I do know that people I work with, it takes that long because of the misinformation, the confusion, the BS. And yeah, I mean, keeps me employed, I suppose, but that's not why I do this. Right. I do. I want to help people. And it's like what I, what you and I try to promote and, and we're both selling, we're coaches, Mm -hmm. but we're trying to help in such a positive way that we just, we we're just not sexy enough, I guess. Like, I don't know what it is, but it just, it is frustrating to see that the industry that's so full of BS just do so much more harm yeah. than good. Yeah, and it, and you're right. It's like you you get people that come to you, and truly, I've I've had multiple conversations with clients, potential clients, where it's almost emotional for me even to hear them talk about some of the experiences that they've been through uh, when it comes to approaching weight loss in the past and even again like where that desperation is coming from because of experiences that they've had right yeah uh and it's truly heartbreaking and so so what i want you know and the whole reason that i went into this career and chose to do this for my life is because i want to be somebody who's helping provide a solution for people and so you know, the, the, the quick fixes, the beach body diets, like whatever it is, 
to me, like that's not a solution, right? You know, that's a band-aid on a much bigger issue if it's even a band-aid, right? Like it's <laughs> a band-aid in disguise where it's like cutting the wound open even further, right? Like it's not actually helping in any way. And I see people coming to me and I just, the, the question, and this is a good question for listeners too, to think about as they are, they're addressing their fat loss is, okay, how is that method working for you? Right. You know, um, I had somebody who, who came to me and she said, well, I've, I've been dieting since I was 15 years old. I know how this works. And I just thought, do you though? Like if you're and not, I'm not trying to be sassy or bratty or anything yeah. like that. But my thought is if you're sitting here in front of me and asking me for my professional help, do you actually know how this works? Because you're still here, right? And if you've been dieting since you were 15 years old and you're now in your 50s, then I don't think you actually do know how this works. Like, I, I think somewhere we haven't figured it out, somewhere down the line, and it's broken. Your current system is broken and we yeah. need to take a different approach. You know what I think too is, um, and I, I think I had, um, I had a conversation with Karen about this, uh, when I interviewed her for the podcast as well, where I kind of like, was like, why don't people understand that they are like, why can't they be accepting is actually the question I have for her mm -hmm. because she's a behavior change, um, expert. I mean, PhD, whatever, um, absolute expert in that industry. And cause I always say like, you need to own your shit. Yeah. And I remember her saying to me, like, you, you can't necessarily say that to a human because <laughs> owning it is actually really difficult. You are asking someone to say, oh, that's right. I use food to manage my stress and my, you know, especially when my kids are yelling and screaming. And my only alternative is to go into my pantry and pick out a bag of chips and eat the entire bag and then sit there and feel sorry for myself. Mm -hmm. She's like, people don't want to do that because right. that's hard. Yeah. Right. And so it's, and so like, for me, it's just like, I, that's the part of even my brain. If I'm having a difficult time asking myself why the client doesn't want to accept it, how mm -hmm. in the hell are they supposed to be able to be in that place of accepting? Yeah. And understand yeah. that it's not just a meal plan that you need. It's, there's no simple solution here. Like there's work mm -hmm. to be done yeah. and the solution is not one thing, right? It's a combination of different things. It's, it's so many different things. And again, this kind of, you know, we talk about just bad dieting advice in the industry, but then we also have almost this like, uh, hustle culture, toxic thing mm -hmm. as well, where it's not necessarily saying own your shit, maybe a little bit, but even even a step further than that, right? Like you've got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. If you were disciplined enough, you would be able to do this. If you wanted it bad enough, you would be doing it, right? Um, and again, it's like, I mean, we've talked to these clients. They want it. They desperately want it, right? Um, but again, we've said this, we've already said this, you know, going through this process is incredibly emotional. It's really difficult to come to terms with, um, you know, yeah, I actually do use food to emotionally cope. And that's a really like tough thing for me to admit. So there's that side of it. But then there's so much shame in that dialogue, you know, for somebody to say like, 
I remember seeing a coach post something about, um, yeah, something like if you're not getting 10,000 steps a day, then you just don't want it fat enough. You'd rather be fat, right? And I mean, that's such a shameful statement and lacks any empathy into all the different factors that impact people. I'm just thinking, I got 7,000 steps yesterday and... I would have loved to have got. I would have loved to have gotten ten thousand steps. It's just like my life did not work for that yesterday, right? Um, and I'm saying that you know, like it's no big deal. Oh yeah, I got seven thousand steps yesterday. That's because though I am in a completely different space where I have a lot of understanding and I have gotten over all of that shame that exists, whether that's in relation to the food that I eat or the activity level that I have or even my habits around food, right? Like I had to go through that process myself to get rid of the shame. But again, there's the majority of the public doesn't have that perspective. It just, I think a lot of people just feel like this is how it's supposed to be. And this shame is what's ultimately going to drive my change. And so I have to feel this way. Um, but then we see how it keeps people stuck because that exact shame is what keeps people from then facing the actual problems that are sitting in front of them and getting in their way. Oh my gosh. So you saying that, so I'm going to use the word discipline. I, I love Facebook for Facebook memories. Mm -hmm. So Facebook brings up a lot of my bodybuilding memories all the time. And I will read my posts that come up those days and Allie, that's what's so sad because I used to say, even as a coach back then, trainer more than anything else, it was not really coaching because I hadn't even done any of the PN stuff or any of like anything like that, right? But it's like, you don't want it bad enough. Yes. Um, you got to be disciplined. And I would put posts on there. Like if you want to look like me and I'd have a po progress picture of myself or whatever. And while I'm doing this at the time, I'm not being, I'm not admitting to anybody what I'm going through psychologically speaking. Right. But I was dieting for a show, desperately fucking wanting to eat everything in sight, disordered thoughts around food, saving every Instagram post that had a picture of a, of, of a freaking baked item. Um, you know, like I was like, I don't even think Pinterest was around back then, but I was definitely on uh, watching uh, the Food Network. Yeah. I was doing stupid shit all the time. And then if I went out, if my coach, you know, was like, hey, yeah, go for, and, you know, we called them cheat meals back then. I would go for the cheat meal. My mouth would be watering at the table. I wouldn't tell any of my, my friends or families how I was like, like, I would be so impatient around everything, right? I'm just yeah. like on the edge of the fucking, you know, but hey, my pictures. And so I'm telling everybody to be disciplined because that's me as the coach. That's how I got results. And mm -hmm. that's what I see in the industry. I see, and I've got some very good friends in this industry that are quite influential. They've got big numbers on their Instagrams and their TikToks and stuff like that, where that's all they talk about is discipline. While I love them, mm -hmm. that's so unfair. Right. Because you coach the same way you are with yourself. Mm -hmm. So there's no room to move. And to me, there's a certain person that might be absolutely attracted to that. And that's exactly what they want. But they themselves are still hiding behind the bullshit. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. And I, I mean, in your case in particular, on the outside, it looks like, oh, yeah, she's so disciplined. Oh, yeah. But behind the scenes, is it discipline or is it a horrible relationship with your body and like oh, self-love? <laughs> 
<laughs> like, like when I think about it, like I could, you know, one of these days I'll, I'll have to like have a real conversation, you know, about this on my podcast about like what was really going on. Because when I think about it, it just, it's why I'm, I'm better as a coach now. And I just wish that some of these coaches would be okay with admitting that they were fucking wrong. Yeah. And that maybe their tactics aren't really what you should be doing, you know, because the thing is, is that it's like, there's so much shame behind everything. So interestingly enough, I'll give you another example, because you talked a little bit about like, uh, band-aids. So I had a post sent to me this morning and this person asked me what my thoughts were on the, the, the post. And this post came from someone who is a multi-level marketing coach of a particular product saying that for their mental health, they are going to stop with all the band-aids because this supplement works the best. And I thought to myself, what fucking band-aids are you talking about? Oh, you mean your anxiety medication that's been prescribed by your fucking doctor that actually is required for your mental health? You want, that's the band-aid? You're fucking taking the band-aid. You are, what are you doing? And I'm just like, and then they list all the positives of taking said supplement. And my response was just simply, it's BS. Stop following that person. Right. Because I can't get into it. I can't get into the weeds of like, why is everything about this post so, so, so wrong? First, how dare you? How dare you talk about mental health? And you're basically telling people, quit taking your Band-Aid and take my supplement. Which is very irresponsible too. You know, like from an ethical just... perspective, they have absolutely no... Um, What's the word? I can't even think. But like they have no place to do that, right? Like it's out of their scope. That's what I'm trying to say. To make that recommendation. That's so inappropriate. It's inappropriate in the fact that here's what they're doing. And I can read between the lines because I've been in this industry way too fucking long. Because it was also no different than me as a coach or a competitor. I didn't tell everybody what was actually going on. But here what was, you know, here's what's going on. When you are taking said supplement... 90% of the time, in my opinion, not a fucking scientific research peer-reviewed study, by the way, anybody, (laughs) in my opinion, you are making changes in your lifestyle somewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're probably eating a little bit better because, hey, if I take said supplement, if I ate a little bit better, you know, right? Like, and I see it all the time. I see it all the time where you're just like, you're no longer eating all the McDonald's, you're just eating a, eating a couple, you know, McDonald's, but now you're replacing one of those meals with better food. Mm-hmm. Oh, and your supplement, yeah. right? So like you're starting to make small changes that would make a difference, but it's not the supplement, but you're selling it because you want to make money. You won't talk about the things that you're actually doing. You won't even talk about the fact that you're probably starving too, because you replaced all those meals with these shakes or pills. Mm-hmm. You won't do that because that jeopardizes your sales, right? It was no different than me. I didn't tell people how I truly felt about my contest prep. You know why? Because I had to prove to everybody that I was going to get on stage and I was going to fucking do it. Right. And how dare I seem weak? Yeah. I think too, like, I do think that there are coaches that just, they, they don't know, they don't see it in themselves either. Right. Like Mm -hmm. you probably didn't see it in yourself. And I, I I did not, you didn't, you weren't out there trying to manipulate people or take advantage of them, but you didn't see the problem and you probably didn't have the experience too of 
working with people enough to recognize like that this is a problem bigger than discipline. Right. Uh, and I, I, I think I was probably the same way as a coach in the beginning. And there's definitely things that I did in the beginning that I, I am a completely different coach now than I was seven years ago. Right. And that has come from experience and having real conversations with real clients and understanding and like having my own life experience and being able to ex exercise true empathy to see what's happening. But I remember, um, back at one of my first jobs, I spoke with one of the owners of the company and he was talking about our clients and he was saying, um, we just need to, we operated doing meal plans. That was kind of what we did. Um, and he said, clients need meal plans because they're just lazy. And I was like, even back then I got legitimately mad because I was like, my clients aren't lazy. I mean, these people were forking out a lot of cash to work with me. A lot of them owned their own businesses, had lots of kids, like whatever it was. And I was like, I don't, my clients aren't lazy. I mean, they're, very successful business owners or their moms running around with their kids everywhere. They're definitely not lazy. That's definitely not the problem. So, um, there, there is, I think a lack of understanding that exists, um, again, because there is so much shame that is prevalent in this industry and that a lot of us were probably trained under that umbrella and had that shame kind of like put on us as well and thought, Oh, this is just kind of how it works, right? You know? Oh my gosh. What you just said just takes me back to when I used to do meal plans and I would not put fruit on those meal plans because my bodybuilding diets didn't allow fruit. So a lot of what I do see, and I agree with you, is like when you said like coaches just don't see it in themselves. I did what my coach did. So you'll see this a lot too. And I'm, I don't know if this bothers you, but let me tell you, it comes close to my heart, heart this side, <laughs> um, where you go through a transformation and now you're the coach. So yeah. I see this all the time. Like, yeah. like I'm really good at this now, like where I'm just like, okay, so I'll be following. Oh, somebody will come up in my feed and I'm like, let me check the profile, but mm -hmm. nowhere in their profile does it say their credentials. And I know we don't always have to post it, but I would like to know, like, when you say you're a fat loss expert, what is your background? What is your education? That's a great, yeah. You know, but then it's like, it's just their story. So now they become the fat loss coach, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, I look at that, but for me, it's like coaches don't recognize their rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And so like, for, for even for myself, as I evolve as a coach, my rock bottom was those that that red flag of like I'm not even putting bananas in people's meal plans right because I'm not so I kind of was starting to think like okay they're not bodybuilders though like why would I do that and why am I doing this right you and so like I started to get curious yeah. like I get it and like I love I to this day I have no qualms about my coach he's he was a personal friend he's still a friend I he's an amazing human mm -hmm. he's he's one of the smartest contest prep coaches in in the industry in my opinion that all being said, it was my own bullshit. Yes. He didn't create that. He simply coached me because I said to him, I want to get shredded for a show. Mm -hmm. He, that's his expertise. Yeah. So he did his job, yeah. but I took it further. I'm like, 
This is the way I got to eat to look this way. This is how I have to behave. And I try to portray that onto my own clients. Mm -hmm. And that is the disconnect. And I think that's the BS that coaches won't admit that what you're doing is actually bro science bullshit that has nothing but your own anecdotal um, experience, which probably didn't work anyways because it's not sustainable because we all know diets aren't supposed to be sustainable. But at the end of the day, we don't listen to that and we just want to ignore it. And that's what I didn't want to do anymore. Mm -hmm. I remember specifically saying to myself when I was at my, what I would call my rock bottom of like, I don't have my period anymore. I'm tired as fuck. I'm, my hair's falling out. I'm, I'm just like, I'm at the end Mm -hmm. and I'd lost a lot of muscle. Um, I'm just a tiny human. That's all I am. Tiny human who just didn't want, like, I didn't know how to eat. I didn't know how to not be lean. I just wanted to live in this body of like this, you know, quote unquote perfection. Mm -hmm. When I said to myself, I'm tired of this, I was legitimately tired. Yes. My brain capacity. I was exhausted from all the stories I was telling myself. It was almost like I had a split personality of like, this is cool coach, be tough, strong girl on the exterior, coaching people to this girl in the corner who was afraid to tell anybody that she had a fucked up relationship with food and her body. Mm-hmm. And that to me is just completely disordered. Yeah. So that moment is what changed me. And I promised myself that I would never die again, but that didn't mean it stopped then. Right. I just didn't want to go down that route anymore. So I had to figure out how to not die again. Mm-hmm. And that was the bullshit that I had to get through. Yeah. It took me years. I still, to this day, like Gabrielle and I were just talking about that, like how there are still tendencies to float back to those old thoughts Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think, yeah, I mean, we, you see this in clients too, right? Where the, sometimes the expectation is, well, I, I still overeat sometimes. Right. Um, or I still, I don't know, have cravings or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. (laughs) And I always, sometimes that can be really discouraging. I think for clients to be like, Oh man, I, I thought I was doing really well. And then I went to this party and I overate and now I just, I've obviously not made any progress. Right. And I, I I like to help people understand that like this, that does not mean that you haven't made any progress, but our brains are going to brain. Right. And so, um, the goal is not necessarily to completely eliminate those thoughts. Like that would be nice, but sometimes thoughts are just automatic, right? Like they just happen as a knee jerk type of a thing. So, um, instead of looking at those thoughts as this is, this is the definition of who I am because of these automatic thoughts that are coming to my brain. And that's just the person that I am. I'm just a person who overeats or I'm just a person who hates my body because I looked in the mirror and didn't like what I saw or whatever it is. You're not those thoughts. You're the thoughts that you're the response to those thoughts, right? So when you look at the mirror and you don't like what you see, are you accepting that as fact or are you like, Hmm, I like, why is it like, why is that upsetting to me? And can I actually just be okay with that? Like, just be okay mm-hmm. with the fact that like, eh, I don't really love the way my stomach looks, but well, whatever, you know? Um, or, Oh, I got really mad when I got on the scale this morning, but I also know that that's kind of part of the process. So, you know, we're going to move on. Right. I, I still have, that. I literally got on the scale this morning and I was like, seriously, I weighed in and I was like, Oh my gosh, seriously, this is so dumb. But then, you know, does that mean that I am horrible and have a horrible, horrible relationship with the scale? 
No, because of my response to that initial thought, right? My response to that initial thought was, okay, well, we keep going. It's fine. You know, not my whole day is ruined and I quit, right? Well, and that right there just goes to show you that you're human, right? Because like, even for me, for for a long time, like as much as I coach it and, and stuff like that for a very long time in the, well, in the very beginning, I guess I could say is like, I still would like walk past a mirror and have to do an app check mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I still wasn't letting go of my disordered thoughts around my body. My assumptions of like, Oh, I had that. Like I was, I was in such a good place of like, I can eat these foods, mm-hmm. but how is it going to, how's my body responding? Like I had to do a check every single right. time. Right. Because that's how for four or five years I had to do progress pictures every day or every other day or every week. And, this is how I look because this is what my diet's doing for me. So those two, like you may not understand it. And this is for the, the people out there listening about how they approach their nutrition. You may not understand it at the beginning, but how you utilize food mm-hmm. and how it respond, how your body responds there, you don't realize there's a relationship that yeah. you're creating. Yeah. It doesn't mean that that's actually what's happening, but your brain is saying, if I eat this way, I look this way, which is why when someone steps on the scale, mm-hmm. I've been so good but the scales up they're just like, there's a disconnect of like, I must've done something bad. Right. That's right. the assumption, right? Yeah. And I, I, it's like, I'm hearing you, t- you describe all this and I'm thinking of, you know, all the different challenges that clients may have to overcome in order to make progress. Right. There could yeah. be the challenge that's simply a, a knowledge gap, right? Do they understand what's required in order to achieve fat loss in order to, achieve and sustain their results, right? Like just from a method, method, methodology, methodology, right? So there's that gap. Then there could be, is this a relationship with food type of a thing? Yeah. Is this a relationship with your body type of a thing? Is this a shame based thing? Is it, could, do we need to address all of these things, right? Do we need to address, um, you know, how, what, what's your relationship with the scale and how do you respond? Is it a skill based thing where you don't even know what to eat and how to prepare it and how to accurately track or whatever it is, like whatever your method is for doing it. Like there's, there's so many opportunities or like gaps necessarily that may need to have a bridge created in order for people to achieve fat loss. And like, yeah, do we need to address some of your emotional regulation and all of that? Um, and I think, I, people want it to be simple. Um, and I don't necessarily, I say that with hesitation because I don't want to be disrespectful of the struggle that people go through. Right. Like I don't, I don't want to say that lightly of like, Oh my gosh, you just want it to be easy. Right. But like, I think there's a temptation to take the emotional side of it out and just say, I just going to plug and chug and get this done, you know? Uh, and unfortunately, fortunately, whatever, it, it doesn't work that way. If you want it to really work, you have to put in the reps and do the deep, hard work and face it, you know, and those, 
those sensational results that you see are sensational for a reason. It's because you don't see them that often. Like, yeah, I think the stuff you're talking about is what I call woo-woo stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you have to dig a little bit deeper than just the surface level of macros, I think people are just, like, going back to the whole, like, own your shit, right? Like, it's it's a tough pill to swallow for some people, and, and they don't want to have to do that work because they're just not – it's probably, in my opinion – and I'm learning a lot more of this too while I'm in school is like the readiness for change. Like we can go back to all the, all the theories and stuff like that. But like, that's part of the equation. Like, you know, like you have to be willing to do some of that work mm-hmm. for long-term success. And like, if I were to define success, it means you've gone through the journey and now you can maintain that journey. Yeah. Cause I think Ali, I think it's fair to say that fat loss is actually quite simple. Right. It I really is simple. Like the, so mechanism of itself the same thing right yeah yeah so the the actual physiological response to the stimuli is not it, it will happen if mm-hmm. you are eating in a deficit you're going to lose body fat mm-hmm. but the approach the the mental psychological stuff that has to go in there that's the, that's the hard stuff and that mm-hmm. does not happen overnight yeah and that's the stuff that takes time and that's the woo woo mm-hmm. stuff that oh I just want to skip over that because it takes too much time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, I think we don't, we really don't want to discredit the value of that work. Right. Yeah. We put all the value in just eating less, move more. Right. And that's valuable for sure. We got to have that. We got to have that. Um, But it is equally valuable to put time and energy into the quote woo woo stuff because you can't really have one without the other. They, you know, to have a very holistic, cohesive approach that is truly sustainable, you got to have both. I think that, you know, and we're, we're getting close to coming to an end here, but I think that there's a, um, one thing that we can maybe talk about to summarize our, our conversation, you know, because when we look at it, like, yeah, but there's a lot of BS and we kind of wish that this shit didn't exist in the industry but as you can all hear that we've transitioned to what actually does work. I hope you guys have all heard that message of like, there's just some work that has to be done and there's a lot of moving parts and it's not a simple equation. But one of the parts of the equation that I think is important that I think helps my clients and, and Ali, I'd love your feedback on this, is that I, I take this from like listening to uh, Lane and Ethan Supley talking about this one day, I think uh, on American Glutton, uh, uh, Ethan's uh, podcast. He might have talked to Dr. Spencer Nadolsky about this too, because he's had both on his on his podcast. But he essentially has tried every diet out there. Like, I don't know if anybody understands who he is, but look him up. He's a, he's a celebrity. He was the fat guy in a lot of movies. And that's how he was, he was portrayed. That was his character. That's how people, that's how he got his jobs. And I remember him saying on one of the podcasts that he had to, in theory, but actual application, because it's theory, but it, he applied it, is he had to I- identify somebody different. He really had to stop being and making the narrative be, I am the fat guy. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be something different. And so like while the keto diets and all these things can represent a smaller human, you have to actually want to change and be a different human. And I know people say, oh, you shouldn't have to change yourself. Yes. But I think you do. A little. <laughs> right. Yes. You do. You absolutely right? do. So I talk about identity and understanding what that looks like and reverse engineering that. So what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, it, it's so interesting. I actually, I was on a podcast yesterday and we talked a little bit about this and it's fresh in my mind because of that. Mm. Well, but there we go. Um, just this idea of de- identity, future self, and, you know, how can we get really familiar with that person, right? Like, mm-hmm. who is this person? Uh, what do they do? What does their life look like? Uh, how do they treat themselves? How do they treat other people? Um, and some people, I, I think it almost helps because number one, we want to identify with that person, but I think sometimes it can be helpful to almost like view it as an outsider looking at that person's life. Right. Um, so the analogy, I can't even remember where I heard it, but the analogy I heard somebody give was the relationship that they have with their partner and, you know, they, their partner prefers to have a very tidy home and they, they're not super tidy. Right. Um, but they're, they were saying like, I'm still going to, put my dishes in the dishwasher, even though that's not my natural inclination and what I like to do because I love him. And that's a way that I can show love to him because, because I want that. I care about him so much that I'm going to do that thing that doesn't really feel natural to me. Um, and can we think about the the person we want to be in our future selves in the same way? I love future Allie so much. She's rad. Mm -hmm. And I love everything that she does for me how can I treat her with respect and how can I do some things for her that so in the, you know, when we get to future Allie, she can look back and say, thank you so much past Allie for doing that for me. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you, you meal prepped over the weekend, or I'm so glad you went on a walk or all of these things that, you know, are beneficial for us. Right. Can we identify and like envision that person and maybe foster some compassion and love for that person and like think about what can we do for them, right? I love that. I think too, part of me kind of leans into just being a mom is like, it's kind of like the identity, but yet, um, what would I say to my daughters? Yes. You know, like how would I want them to, you know, to live their life? Like what... What do I wish for their lives to be like? Yeah. Because I think that's helpful, right? Because it may not be directly my identity, but they will live like I'm their mentor. Yeah. So if what I do matters, then it should matter for them to a certain point, right? Like I'm not asking them to like work out every single day and do all these things. But I feel like if I want my daughter's lives to be healthy, if I don't want them to be riddled with all these shame and this guilt and this body image stuff and all these things and poor relationships in general, you know, with themselves and people, I would want them to do this because this is what's, you know, this is what I would want. This is what my future self is doing. So I kind of look at it that way because I, and I've had this conversation, maybe one of these days I might have my oldest on here, but we just actually talked about this, how she was like realizing that, you know, as much as we've talked about like body image and stuff like that, she never really felt as though she was trying to work out or do anything for a look. Until just recently, she kind of had a conversation with her now uh, boyfriend, who's an amazing guy. He's an athlete and everything else, too, where she was just like, you know what? I think I might have been working out before based on maybe how I look, but that's not what I want. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool because I'm like, we all have to go through that. That's cool. Yeah. Right. 
And so like, I like that. And for me, I'm thinking, I wish my younger self had that conversation. Right. And so like, when I hear her say that, I'm like, ah, see, like the more I'm like, real and not having this displaced ideas about myself, the more I'm confident in my ability, the more I believe in who I want to be as a human, mm-hmm. the more my daughters see that in me too. And I think that's a big deal. So maybe that's part of it too. It's like, you got to put your feet into their shoes, mm-hmm. kind of maybe think how they might think, but also understand that what you do matters mm-hmm. if you're a parent. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you have boys or girls, because this stuff exists in both sexes. Let me tell you. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like if you can reverse engineer that future self, I think that that's a good place to be because all I would say is like, and, and what I can leave you guys with is like, if you think about who you are in that future self, if you say to yourself, well, this person, like I'll say like Brandy, she exercises. She's somebody who is someone who actually wants to lift weights. I will show up and lift weights because right. I believe that's who I am. Right. And it's no different than if you are like, and I, I wish we had more time and we will have another conversation about this, but like, if I am an intuitive eater, I will learn to build and replace or sorry, build my relationship with food. Right. I will work to do that because I want to be an intuitive eater. That's how I believe that stuff will happen if you believe in it and become that. Right. I hope yes. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the practice of doing it. Right. Um, and going back to what I said before, you've got to put in the reps, you know, and it doesn't happen with the flip flip of a switch. We are slowly turning up that dial rep by rep, like building the bricks. And, uh, that, that is the work of becoming right. Becoming who you want to be. Well, you know, this has been such a great conversation. I, I like that we had, like, I had no agenda other than like, let's talk about the stuff that has been bothering us. Um, <laughs> I appreciate your time, Allie. So where can everybody find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm at AllieHenry.rd. Allie is with an IE, Henry's with an IE. And then my website's the same, AllieHenryRD.com. So be sure to uh, check her out and I will have you back on because I think that there is a subject that I want to talk to you about. And that's a little bit of behind the whole intuitive eating and mindfulness and stuff like that. You and I've talked about it before, but I think it's like, let's talk about it again. I think this is yeah. again, something where you, the more you talk about it, the more you understand it. Um, but I appreciate your time. So with that um, audience, thanks for being here and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. And don't forget to tag me at Motivate and Be Fit and follow or subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. And please don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This allows the podcast to grow while helping more people figure their shit out. Chat to you next week.